in the quietness of these moments, can you say from the depths of your heart and spirit, Lord, I'm making room for you. You can do whatever you want. Are you willing to pray that bold prayer today? It is great to have you here this morning. And um, as you can well see, Pastor Jeff is not with us this, this, this morning. And so uh, as the pastor of Care and Fellowship, it is a joy and a privilege to welcome all of you. And if you're a guest this morning, I want to especially welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Rich. And in just a few moments, I will have an opportunity to introduce to you some very special people that you're going to hear from. But before I do that, I do want to share with you um, something that was, uh, that was shared at uh, our elder and leadership retreat several weeks ago. Um, Joanne Hangst had uh, um, shared in, in the midst of, of our time together uh, a deep passion and concern for her adult children who have moved away from the faith and or or away from the church and it's not that they stopped believing but really just shared a real passion and concern and out of that um we are going to uh, develop a group or a class its shape is not quite yet solid but if you are a prodigal parent and would be interested in being a part of a, of a group, a class that will fellowship in conversation and pray together for your adult children. Um, we wanna invite you to take a moment after worship to sign up in the atrium. Uh, there are some resources that we've, I've pulled together uh, and uh, Joanne will be out there, but uh, we wanna see what interest there is um, for such a thing in the month of February as we look to launch um, an opportunity in the month of March. And so I hope you will take advantage of that. Before I pray this morning, I do want to let you know that it is a privilege to have Stacy Knox, the Director of Spirit of Faith Adoptions with us this morning. And also uh, it is uh, a joy to have Craig Hargidratter uh, and uh, four of his children. One of them is on a retreat and uh, his wife uh, Barb is, is also on a retreat uh, this weekend. But uh, we are so glad that they are with us. Um, and uh, we, as you know, I have a heart for adoptions. Um, my life has been changed by the fact that we've adopted four children. And what I believe is that God has revealed himself in a precious way that I would never have understood about God if I hadn't gone through uh, the, the process of being an adoptive parent. Um, and so uh, I hope, it is my hope and my prayer that uh, as they share their story this morning, that your hearts will be open, not necessarily to become an adoptive parent, but know how you might be able to support adoptive families. 
Because the reality is this, that if we're going to be pro-life, we also have to be pro-adoption. We have to be on the forefront of providing an avenue for family, for, 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 for women, husbands and wives, to be able to give life to that child. So let us prepare our hearts this morning as we join together in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, as we come together in these moments, Father, I am aware of the fact that we have been a part of a chorus of millions of followers of Jesus who have been singing your praises already throughout this day. It began, it began way over in the eastern parts of Asia, the western part of the Pacific Ocean, and has rolled hour by hour throughout our world until it's reached this time zone. So Lord, we just, we thank you for the privilege that we have to join today in this place with a chorus of millions of believers lifting up your precious and holy name. And Father, we pray for your spirit as the church gathers across this entire globe, that you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Father, we give you permission to interrupt our plans. And we give you our full attention in this hour this morning. Father, we are we're mindful, Lord, of the needs of those around us. Father, we're mindful of the brokenness of our world and of our communities, Lord. And Father, we also are aware that because of the power of the Holy Spirit living and reigning and dwelling within us, that you have given us a calling to make a kingdom difference in this world. Father, our stories that grow out of our relationship with you and with others become the seeds of planting the kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of others. So we thank you for that privilege. And Lord, is we ask your anointing to be upon Stacy and Craig this morning as they share from the depths of their heart. Help us to hear what you want us to hear. May the words we hear feed us and your spirit lead us. 
Father, we ask these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Stacy, welcome. Sit right there. This isn't what I expected. Pregnant from an accident? And if I'm honest, I'm not sure if this is what I want. There's so many different options. But they just told me about the one I never really thought of. Could I really be a birth mom? Is adoption something I could go through with? Right now, I don't think I'm ready to raise a kid on my own. But there's so much to consider. And not a lot of time. On one hand, what will my family think? My friends, if I deliver this baby just for adoption, will I feel left alone afterwards? How would it change me? Then, on the other hand, this baby deserves a chance to love, to live, and also to be happy. While I don't think I can provide that, maybe adoption can. And plus, I'll have help. I've been talking with a person from the center. She's been helping me to make a decision that's best for me and my baby. From choosing the right adoption agency, even letting me see potential families who are ready for a child. These families left notes for me about how they want to love my baby, how they honor my decision, and how I'm not alone. The people from the center won't even abandon me. They have support for me during and after my pregnancy. I can even have some involvement in my child's life if I choose to. I'm starting to be convinced this is a choice that I want to make. everybody. <clears throat> the choice of a birth parent to make an adoption plan is an expression of deep love for the child. If you get nothing else out of this, I really wanted you to hear that today. And that's me up in that video. And that's a very realistic picture of what I get to do all the time is meet courageous women who are in difficult positions um, trying to do the best they can for their child because they love that child so very much. I'm Stacy Knox, I'm the director of Spirit of Faith Adoptions. I have had the pleasure of working in the field of adoption since I graduated from college, like just a couple years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I wanted you to know that Spirit of Faith Adoptions is a Christ-centered adoption agency, and we exist all throughout Northern Ohio to assist women facing unplanned pregnancies and to support families that are, have their hearts open to adoption. We have this prayer card, so it's prayers on one side, and then information about Spirit of Faith, and it's out in the atrium, so please stop by the table and get one from us. And so Spirit of Faith Adoptions, we, we go by the little acronym SOFA. It's kind of cute, you know. Lots of families gather on sofas and have great relationships and time together. 
but we also, it stands for support of families always. And I imagine there are some adoptive families in this uh, group today. Um, and who knows who God is bringing to hear what we're saying. But anyway, I just wanted to say that that is our mission, is we create families and then we continue to support them throughout the lifelong journey of adoption. And I love adoption because it brings people together through the love of a child. And I keep looking over here because these wonderful people will get to tell their story. <laughs> but when I look in that girl's face the, with the red on, because we, we wore red because it's Valentine's Day and we're talking about love. But <laughs> it just warms my heart to see Maggie sitting there 12 years old and she's gonna tell you how she feels about adoption in just a few minutes so um, adoption is powerful it's beautiful and I can tell you it has grown my own faith it's just such a pleasure to be here and to talk about this with you so thank you for inviting us and I just stand in awe of everyone involved in adoption, and I just consider it an honor to answer God's calling on my life in this way. Um, so, let me see. Can we pray? Let us pray. Loving God, shine your light. May everything I think, say, and do today and every day reflect you and extend your love. Thank you for welcoming us into your kingdom through adoption, and thank you for, blessing, for the blessing of adoption here on earth. Thank you for having a plan and a purpose that includes safeguarding children through adoption. We pray for expectant mothers who are thinking about adoption, for the birth parents who made the courageous decision of adoption, and for the adoptive parents who nurture the children you placed into their arms. Thank you for uniting birth parents and adoptive families through the redemptive love of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that through that powerful love, adopted children get to see how much they are loved by you and by the actions of both sets of parents. As Valentine's Day approaches, may we be reminded of your deep, unconditional love for all of us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look to see what the Bible says about God's love and, and adoption. That's going to pop up on there in Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. All praise to you, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so kind, he's so, sorry, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He's also showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. The same love that motivated the Father 
to give his son so that we can be called his children is the same love that motivates a biological mother to place a child for adoption when she's not ready to parent. And it's also the same love that calls families to parenthood through adoption. Look at that picture. I mean, that, that's, it's not a real adoption, but it's a real picture of what it looks like to have a birth mom on one hand handing over a child to a couple, a married couple who is willing and ready to welcome that child, and not only the child, but the biological mother as well, into their hearts. So what does, it, what does the Bible say about this? 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. These are outward, selfless, sacrificial actions. Can you see why this is so rewarding for me? <laughs> These people are so amazing. It's so awesome to see God putting all of these details together and bringing people together in this powerful way that starts a lifelong relationship. Um, just so amazing. Seeing children thrive in families is at the heart of God. I want you to see adoption through the eyes of a birth parent that we saw in the video um, through an adoptee, and that's Maggie. <laughs> and an adoptive parent. That's Maggie's dad, Craig. Um, yeah, so I want to introduce them, so come on up. That picture was taken the day Maggie was born. Her birth mother so lovingly invited Maggie's parents to be there at the hospital moments after she was born. So that picture was taken right after that, right? <laughs> Such a beautiful experience that she met with them prior to birth. She chose them. Because if you go to the next slide, you'll see what I mean. Of That's what she wanted for her daughter. That's Alex. He's a little older now. <laughs> and their family has grown since then, also through adoption. Alex is the only biological of the five Hargan Raider kids. Um, but clearly, that is why um, her birth mother chose adoption and chose this family, is that is the picture that she wanted. She wanted mom, dad, and uh, a safe, loving environment for her child to grow up in. So I'm gonna hand it off to Maggie. And then if you can flip one more, it'll show the complete family. That was a picture we took this past summer. <laughs> Hello, um, my name is Maggie Hargenreiter. Um, 12 years ago, I was adopted through Spirit of Faith Adoptions by my mom and dad. Uh, I've always known that I was adopted because every year on my birthday, my mom would tell me the story of the day I was born. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm, it doesn't even feel like I'm adopted. It just feels like I'm loved twice. First by my birth mom because she gave me life. My birth mom is brave, courageous, and unselfish. I feel a connection with her because we share the same middle name, and she gave me a pink bear on the day my parents brought me home from the hospital. Secondly, I feel loved by my mom and dad. 
My parents always tell me that before they, were, before they adopted me, they felt like someone was missing from their family. I also feel loved by my parents because they are there for me at school events, when I need their emotional support, or when I want to go shopping. <laughs> they have taught me that not only do I have a father here today who loves me, I have a heavenly father who loves me even more. God can work in many ways, especially through adoption. My, when my parents take me to church, I just feel a special connection with God. When I think about adoption, I realize that we are all adopted by God, and that is why we are all here today. Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> and thank you, Maggie, for sharing a bit of your story. Um, and let's be honest, Maggie's really the keynote speaker here this morning. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Maggie, your life is a testimony of God's goodness. And thanks to all of you for inviting us to be here this morning to share a little bit of our adoption story. It's encouraging to find such a pro-adoption church. And I know after speaking to a few people here this morning that there are several adoptive families. Um, Pastor Rich let me know that uh, they've adopted four children. And <clears throat> praise God for a church and leadership that uh, support this important ministry. Uh, me and my wife, Barb, uh, have five children, as Stacy said. Our only biological child, Alex, he's 20 years old. He's here today with us. And we have four adopted children. So Maggie, as you just heard from her, uh, she was a private adoption uh, at birth, and that was through Spirit of Faith Adoptions, uh, and that was in 2010. Um, we also adopted our son, James, who uh, couldn't be here today. He's at a church retreat. Um, he's 13, he just turned 13 in January. Um, Olivia, who's over here, is 11. And Thomas, who's to my, my far left, uh, who is 10. Um, they were adopted as a sibling group um, from foster care in 2014. Um, my wife Barb couldn't be here today, and she sends her regrets. Um, she's really the driving force in our home with respect to adoption, and she's actually today, she's at a foster and adoptive mom conference in Pennsylvania. So she's let me know that there's 850 women who are gathered at a hotel uh, for a conference on foster and adoption. <clears throat> Um, I consider her to be a strong, brave, relentless advocate for our children and for children in general. Um, she also wears the official title of the outreach coordinator for SOFA. Um, at home, she's just known as Mama Bear. Uh, if you mess with Mama Bear and her bear cubs, you're going to regret that you poked the bear. <laughs> She can be fierce when it comes to her children. <clears throat> anyway, she couldn't be here today, so I guess you're stuck with me to share a little bit of our story. As I was reflecting on our adoption story, I realized, as Maggie said, that the key truth really is that we have been adopted by God into his family through his son, Jesus Christ. 
I also realized that my family, in a small way, reflects the larger story of God's family. And so I'm honored to be able to share a little of that with you today. Um, the scripture says in Romans 8.15 that you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4.6 says that God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And again, we cry, Abba, Father. So our intimate relationship with our heavenly Abba, Father is only possible because of what Christ has done for us and because of him we can be a part of God's family. Going back to the beginning of our family story, um, Barb and I began our together life uh, in our early 20s. Uh, we were living in Washington, D.C. Um, even though we had grown up in State College, Pennsylvania together um, and we were neighbors on the same street, we really didn't hang out as kids uh, because we were two years apart in school, so that created a world of separation as, as young kids. But later on, um, as I was interviewing for jobs in Washington, D.C., my mom and Barb's older sister uh, decided to play matchmaker, and, and those two were friends, and they decided to play matchmaker and uh, paired us up on a drive to Washington, D.C. for an interview that I had. And I had recently become a Christian at age 20 um, after being challenged by friends in college to read the Bible. Um, but Barb, who was raised in a Bible-believing home, um, had received Christ at three years of age. So I think my mom and her sister made that connection and wanted to see us together. <clears throat> um, eventually, we both got jobs in Washington, D.C., and thus began uh, five years of friendship and eventually dating, and in 1996, we got married. So reflecting back on those early days, some of my most powerful memories are of us praying together as a young couple. And after 30 years later, I can tell you that God is still honoring those prayers. Soon after we were married, uh, we decided to leave Washington, D.C. Our family orientation, we really wanted to move to a small town and buy a home and begin to start a family. Um, so we moved to uh, a small town in North Carolina um, where Barb became a stay-at-home mom, or I'm sorry, she became a stay-at-home uh, in hopes of becoming a mom, but really that began uh, the heartbreak of about five years of infertility um, and miscarriages for us as a couple. So we eventually began to seek other options, which is where, you know, we started looking into the adoption world. And uh, we actually had begun that process and had started the paperwork, or we were just about to begin our home study when, surprise, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Barb was pregnant. And uh, so I remember that as a time of hope. One of my strongest memories was a picture of us standing in front of the uh, Cape Hatteras Lighthouse, and that was a real time of hope for us, so I call that picture a lighthouse of hope. So everything seemed perfect 
and we were excited to start our family. <clears throat> um, we put our adoption plans on hold. And then something unexpected happened. Uh, the bank I was working with announced that it was merging and they were going to be moving the corporate headquarters. <clears throat> and because we were forced to relocate, we started looking around for uh, other opportunities, um, jobs up north closer to our family in Pennsylvania. And it was Friday, uh, November 2nd, 2001, that I interviewed with a bank called National City Bank in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, that Sunday, November 4th, uh, and I still have the sermon notes from the sermon, uh, our associate pastor at the church we were attending in North Carolina, a guy you may be familiar with, his name is Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote the five love language, languages uh, books. Um, he preached a sermon entitled, God's Place is Not Our Place. And in his hypothetical example, he said that God might ask you to move from North Carolina to Cleveland. And Barbara and I, only days earlier having interviewed in Cleveland, looked at each other stunned. We couldn't believe that he would say that from the pulpit. Um, he and Barb laughed a couple days later as she talked to him before a church event that he would use that example. Um, but sure enough, uh, two weeks later, we received a job offer to move to Cleveland. And I will admit it was a really hard transition. In the middle of her pregnancy, uh, we had to change doctors. We had to leave friends at our church. And we asked, why, Lord? Why did we have to make this transition? It was about three years later, on December 6, 2004, that God began to reveal the why to us. It was a day like any other day when I got a phone call from Barb that our pediatrician was sending her immediately and Alex, our son, down to Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. She would pick me up on the way and after we had a CT scan and several hours later, we found ourselves that evening sitting in a dark room looking at the, the monitor and the CT scan of our son, Alex. He had a grapefruit-sized tumor, a mass, that appeared in the cross-sectional view of the CT scan. We were admitted and more tests began. <clears throat> like Job and his wife, we sat in a hospital room and as one messenger after another came in, the news went from bad to worse to dire. He had cancer, it was stage four, high-risk neuroblastoma, and it had spread throughout his body. <clears throat> Needless to say, we were devastated as a young couple with our two-and-a-half-year-old son and his life. He was clinging to life at that point in time. If you've ever watched the St. Jude's infomercial and cried your eyes out, you know exactly what we were dealing with. That was our life for over two years, with only a 10% chance of survival. We prepared for the worst, <clears throat> but God doesn't deal in statistics. The God we, th we serve, with him all things are possible. And I remember praying one night, Lord, please spare my son's life. I can't go on living. 
without him, if you take him away from me. And God replying back in the still small voice of my heart, Craig, remember that I didn't spare my own son, but I gave him up for you, and that's how much I love you. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Later I would receive another verse from the Lord, John chapter 11, verse 4, from the story of Lazarus. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory that God's Son will be glorified through it. I don't have all the answers to the why questions, but I recently read a quote that helped me to understand a little bit more about our story. It says, your ministry is found in the place where you've been broken. Your testimony is found where you've been restored. <clears throat> in our family, every single member has a background of brokenness, some sort of trauma, all adoptive stories have an element of brokenness. As my wife Barb says, God makes beauty from ashes, Isaiah 61.3. But along with that, each also have a unique testimony of God's rescue, his healing, his restoration. <clears throat> God is a restorer of our souls. And in Revelation 21.5, it says, Behold, I am making all things new. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Though our outward man is wasting away, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It would be five years later before we would get the cancer-free diagnosis for Alex and that we would begin the adoptive process again. Feeling as if our family was not yet complete and maybe we were a little bit bolder having survived pediatric cancer. So we began the paperwork in 2008-2009 to adopt through Spirit of Faith Adoptions. And as a uh, church friend of ours had referred us to the agency, we also began to experience what one author called the roller coaster ride of adoption. After two failed adoptions, I was ready to quit, especially after seeing Barb hurt by the experience. When an email went out about a potential adoptive placement, asking us if we would be willing to let our family's shutterfly profile be seen by a birth mom. Initially, I said no, and of course, Barb wanted to say yes. <clears throat> she left that decision up to me. And after praying about it, I decided to let God be God and to trust him with the decision. Our profile was picked by Maggie's birth mom, and we met with her and her mother, who were navigating the difficult path of lovingly placing their unborn child for adoption. In my experience, these are the true heroes of the adoptive story unselfishly, lovingly, humbly, making a plan to first give life and then to entrust it to us as adoptive parents. I'd like to read to you a note that Barb wrote at the time of Maggie's first birthday. 
I thank my God every time I remember you. Philippians 1.3 As we are preparing to celebrate our precious Maggie's first birthday, I can't help but think about two very special gifts we were given almost one year ago. The first gift we were given was our birth mom. I hope one day that she will come to understand just what a gift she is to us. She made such an unselfish decision, the first being not to terminate the pregnancy, and the second to place her precious child in our home. Our birth mom will always be honored, respected, and cherished in our home. The second gift we were given is our precious little girl. She is the joy of our lives. Everyone that meets her is taken by her. All of our friends and family know what a special gift she is too. I especially think of our birth mom when I'm rocking Maggie to sleep in the middle of the night after she has had her bottle. I look into my baby girl's face and I pray for her birth mom. If it wasn't for our birth mom's unselfish decision to place her baby in our home, I would not have the privilege of this special moment. After years of infertility, miscarriages, our biological son's illness, and a couple of failed adoptions, I wasn't sure if our dream to have another child would ever be realized. Then we met our birth mom. She made our dream a reality. Yes, we received two gifts almost a year ago, and we do thank God every time we remember our birth mom. I could go on and on for hours on this topic. Um, I haven't even touched on our experience with fostering and adopting our, our three lovely children. Um, but I see our time is growing short here. <clears throat> so I'll leave with the rest of the story for that great and glorious day when we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And because I know that I've been adopted by him, I know that I will be received with great joy, blameless, at his appearing, as it says in Jude 24. My prayer is that many will be blessed by our story and see God's family reflected in our family story. Thank you so much for allowing me to share our story this morning.